are listening to First Church Charlotte. You got the main man of God sitting over here watching you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love Bishop Elms. I love my pastor. We have an awesome pastor. Amen. There's one thing about Brother Nathan that I can assure you of, that he is the same outside these four walls as he is inside these four walls. And Sister Charla makes sure of that. But I uh, appreciate Bishop Elms. He is a great man of God. He has kept me. Amen. And behind every good man is an awesome woman. And that's Sister Elms. Amen. I love them to death. They have been a great strength to me. And uh, as well as my pastor, I've trained him well. You know, he was in my youth group. Well done. Amen. That's what he would have said. <laughs> oh, let me get comfortable. Is that all right? So I got to tell you a story right off the bat. Uh, there's this elderly couple that's been married for over 65 years, and they were talking to some young couples. And they were just awed at how long they had been married for that long. And they asked him, what was your secret? And the gentleman said, well, you know what? He said, what I did was I took my wife places. We traveled a lot. And he said, matter of fact, on my 20, our 25th anniversary, I took her to Beijing, China. And the crowd was like, oh, that's nice. And one of the ladies asked him, she goes, what'd you do on your 50th? He said, well, I went back and got her. <laughs> okay, I feel better now. <laughs> I love y'all. I, I mean, y'all are just my life, my heartbeat. I love coming to church. Um, I mean, you just, you're awesome people. That's all I got to say. You're awesome people. Amen. Um, it is Wednesday night, so if you don't mind, I'm going to just allow you to be seated. I know you respect the Word of God, but I've got some reading to do. And just, if you'll turn your Bible, just go to Acts chapter 7. And again, I appreciate my pastor. Uh, he is at a pastor's roundtable. Um, getting more ideas. Uh, so get ready, people. <laughs> but God is moving this church in the right direction. Uh, we are reaching people that I just uh, it just blows your mind. Amen. Acts chapter 7, we're going to start in verse 2. <clears throat> and he said, this is, uh, this is um, Stephen before he is uh, thrown, I mean stoned. He is before the council. And uh, it says, he said, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared under our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Charon. And he said unto him, get thee out of thy country, yes. talking about Abram, and from thy kindred and, from, and come into the land which I shall show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Charon, Sharon. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into the land and wherein he now dwells. I was first uh, under the understanding that Abram was only visited once by God to get out of the country, but in reality he was visited twice. And tonight I want to kind of cover this in, in a way that I hope you see it or I can present it to you the way I, I, I perceived it. Amen? I'm going to jump down or go all the way to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11 and starting with verse 31. And, and Terah, who was uh, Abram's father at the time, Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, and his, his son Abram's wife, 
And they went forth and with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Well, we saw in Acts chapter 2 that the first thing they said, it was Sharon, if I could pronounce it right. And then, but later on, is, I mean, it was, it was Haran. Um, and so I just want to give a message today to everybody that's here. Um, and I've titled this right here, The Power to Grow. The Power to Grow. I want to take us from where we, where we were in our lives, where we are now, and where we can be. Okay? I'm not going to be long. I'm going to get you all out of here, I hope. I love it when preachers say that, but they, they'd go on for, give me five more minutes. <laughs> Amen. But I feel like in this story we can see something, and I want to try to get it to you. Amen? We see in, um, in this that God visited Abram first while he was in Ur of the Chaldees in Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia was a whole area between the Tigris River and the Euphrates River. It's a whole area. And then the Ur of the Chaldees was inside of that. It would be like the United States and then Texas inside there. And it was a very pagan uh, area. They believed in uh, pagan gods. They had all these different statues and things. And, that, and actually, Terah... Abram's father, that was his job, was making idol gods. And uh, I read the history and the Jewish history of this, and it's really kind of comical how that actually they got out of Ur of the Chaldees. And what happened was, is God moved on Abram and told him to get out from among them, come out and go into the land that I'll give you of promise. Well, you got to realize something. At the time, he was under his father's authority still, Okay. So he couldn't just up and get and move like they do nowadays. You know, Dad, I'm leaving the house. Of course, some kids, you know, like <clears throat> somebody I know, uh, get them out of the house. But he was under his father's authority, so he just could not just up and move. And so the Jews believed strong in that. So Abram could not just get up and move. Even though he believed God and he trusted God, he wasn't going to violate that with his father. So what he did was, and this is history, it's not in the Bible, but it's history, so I don't know how great it is. But he took a stick, and he went into his father's shop, and he began to smash all the idols. And he smashed them all, and, and it said that he had a large idol in the corner. And Abram smashed it and stuck the stick in that, that idol's rubble. And when Terah came in, Terah came in there, he was upset, and he said, what happened here? And Abram looked at him and goes, well, that idol got mad at these idols and smashed them all, I guess. And so there's no more idols. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> but it did something to Terah that God moved on him and spoke to him. And that's when he decided, okay, it's time for me to get out of this country. It's time for me to move out of here and move to another land. And they, they packed it up. And actually, the Jewish history said that Terah was as, almost as um, rich as Job was at the time. So he had a lot of riches. He had a lot of all the stuff that they had. So he had a lot to move. So they began to, they came out of the Ur of the Chaldees and they began to move towards Canaan. And they stopped at the time it was, um, it was, at the time it was Haran. No, I'll get it right in a minute. And so they got in there and they settled there. 
And when they settled there, that's when Terah, either because of old age, because of sickness or whatever it was, he died. And when he passed away, then God came back to Abram and he visited him again and said, now get yourself out of this land. I want you out of this and move into a land of Canaan, which I will give thee. Okay. Y'all know the story. So that's what Abram did. He moved out and he went into the land of Canaan. And when he got there, of course, God began to bless him. He began to grow. He began to multiply. Okay. And so that's the history on that part. And as I looked at that, I thought, you know, that is human nature in itself, especially as a Christian. We used to live in the world. We had fun in the world. We did what the world did. We wanted to that stuff. But God moved in, just like Tara, God moved in and touched our hearts. Okay? Then he pulled us out of the world. All right? And when he brought us out, we began the road of salvation. We, he showed us truth, which I am very, very thankful that truth came into my life. Amen? He showed us truth, and then he brought us to the place um, where he got us to, be, to, to, to repent of our sins and to be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay? So that's where we were in the world, tied up in that. God brought us out. And now here we are. Okay? We're saints of the living God. We've been baptized. God filled us with the Holy Ghost. Right? God did not give us the Holy Ghost to sit on pews and just feel a Holy Ghost shiver. He didn't give us the Holy Ghost to come in here and just to sit and to fellowship and to go home. He gave us the Holy Ghost to multiply. Okay? Are you with me? He did that with Abram. He changed Abram's name to Abraham. We took on a new name. Jesus. That's my name. <laughs> so he, he gave us a new name. So now we're on this path. We're walking this path. But the next thing that I want to know is where are we going to be in Christ? Amen? Amen. He wants to pull us into the promised land. He's drawing us into the promised land. I am so far ahead of my notes. We're going to be out here in 10 minutes. Is that okay? No. Just... Um, he wants us to bring us to the promised land, and he wants us to multiply. That's why he gave us the Holy Ghost. He gave us the Holy Ghost for a lot of reasons. One is to be close to him. Two is to learn his word and to see his word. And that's what happens with the Holy Ghost. I don't... Maybe it is to me. When I read it, things begin to pop out. And this is what I saw in myself in this, my Bible study was this. That I saw how Tara was in the world, and then he came out, and then he died halfway. I preached this message one time, and I called it, Don't Stop Halfway in Your Life and You Walk with God. But Tara died halfway be between Ur of the Chaldees to Canaan. Actually, it was from here to here, to Canaan land. And we can't get to a point where we love the move of God, we love the shouting, we love everything, but we die in the presence because we're not multiplying. We're not producing, if, if you will, if you'll allow me to say it like that. We've got to produce, we've got to, to grow in Christ. Just like with Abraham, when he came down to the promised land, he began to multiply. His families grew. He blessed other families. He began to do a lot of things. And that's the way it is with us, with the Holy Ghost, and with the truth. And I know we have um, Prosper You, we have uh, 
the dream team. There's a lot of things that this church is doing to help everybody to get involved, to be prosperous. And that's why I wanted to put this thing down as the power to grow, not to sit there and be idle. And I'm, I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight. I could tell already, but we need to listen to this sometimes. Amen. So I, I sat down and I came up with four things that we can do to, to be a productive Christian. Four things we can do to be a productive Christian. God, one thing, God gives us purpose in life. I mean, we just don't get up in the mornings, go to work, do the job, come home, play with the kids, mow the grass, go to bed, get up. He gave us purpose. Okay, he gave us purpose in this, in this life when working with him. So the four things that I've got is, number one is, we have got to, as individuals, accept personal responsibility. It's me that's got to do this. I cannot rely on the bishop, my pastor to do it. I can't just lay back and let the church do it. It's not the church's responsibility. It's my responsibility to take a hold of this and to grow with it and to reach out with it. Amen. To be a productive Christian. You know what happens to the bush. Amen. When Jesus reaches in and there's nothing there. Okay. You know what happens to the bush. But we can't be that way. We need to be, I mean, I mean, blooming and growing and, and then if, if you ever get involved, and a lot of you do, I know that, but if you ever get involved, the, the love that flows out is unreal. It, it gives you strength. I mean, when you do things for people, I, I, even without God, just you help somebody, you feel good. But when we begin to work in God, in the kingdom of God, and God's love begins to flow through us to others, man, you feel good. You know what I'm saying? It just, it just feels good. Now, I know we don't do it for selfish reasons. We understand that. But, I mean, it's just like it just, it's God flowing through us. And it would be great to know that you, you took on and, begin to, and to begin to, uh, uh, to, produ- to be productive. Matthew 5 and 14, if you can get that. I'll give you a second. All right, that's it. 5 and 14. Ye are the light. Say me. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. You are. You are the city. You are the light. You are the one. You are the one. Amen. Let's go to Luke chapter 14 and 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, me. Everybody say me. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. He wants to bless. He wants to bless. But we've got to, we, not the church, I, I should say it, have got to go out and reach and produce. Amen? Mark 16 and 15. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he said unto me to go into all the world. Micah 6 and 8. He has shown thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before thy God. We've got to love mercy. You don't know, we don't know what other people are going through. We really don't. And um, I'll, I'll, he likes transparency, I'll be transparent. 
There was a person in my life just this week that I got upset with because I didn't understand why, why they were not doing this. And I, and I, oh, God help them, you know, God move on. Is it work? And so, um, I'm like, you know, God move on them. But then today I had to ride with that person and we begin to talk and I'm like, he began to open up to me and I'm sitting over there going, how dumb, Ed, how dumb. I had no idea this guy was going through this. And I asked God later on, later to forgive me. We don't know what people are going through. Amen. We've got to love mercy. We've got to love mercy. Amen. Acts chapter one and verse eight. And he's talking to us. But ye shall be, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses. Witnesses. A witness is nothing more than someone that, that seen something and heard something. And I'll, and in a minute. That's all a witness is. So you don't have to get up on your soapbox and begin to preach the word of God and hell, fire, and brimstone. You don't turn or burn or something like that. You know, we don't need that. All we need is just to have the understanding of grace, yeah. right? Yeah. And to be a witness. You don't know what God has done for me. That's right. God has been merciful to me. Yeah. And God has been. And I look across this congregation, a lot of times God has blessed y'all. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And then number two. Develop personal relationships with people. It's not people don't, you can talk Bible. We live in a Bible belt. You can talk Bible. That's no problem. But when people begin to realize that you really care, we really care for them, then they're going to hear you. They're going to talk to you. You build the relationship there. And once we build that relationship, I mean, the doors open. And that's why we're doing... Um, we're doing the uh, outreach of the homes, uh, the, the small groups. That's what we're doing last Wednesdays, that we can get to know each other, not as a congregation. We come together as a congregation, and we love each other, and we worship, and we praise God, and our voice is one, rising unto the Lord as a sweet fragrance. Yeah. But we get together on small groups and get togethers yeah. to learn one another. Yeah. Amen? And it's an awesome thing. I, I know in our last, our last, uh, last Wednesday that we had uh, at my house, um, where is Sister Anita? Did she make it tonight? She didn't know if she was going to make it. I didn't know Sister Anita that much. And when she came to my house, I introduced, we began to talk a little bit. And she opened up during our conversation. And she shared some things with us. And I was floored. I was like, wow. You know, this lady's been through a lot, but she's still walking with God. Amen? We get to know each other, so we develop personal relationships with people. Amen? Amen. Number three, you share personal stories. That is a witness. I was talking to Sister Valeria this past weekend. I don't understand why, um, when I was younger, why I went through so much, uh, or actually I saw so much stuff. As a rescue squad and an ambulance with a paramedic and then as a police officer and things like that, I saw so many things. I saw so much hurt. I saw so much pain. I saw so much. I saw good things, too, but I, a lot of it. And um, at one time, I went to a, a, a fine man of God, Brother Williams. I went to Brother Williams, and I asked him, I said, why is God showing me these things? Or why am I experiencing these things? And he said, Ed, just hang on to them because you're going to be exposed to people. 
and they're going to need that story. And so I began to collect the stories in my mind. And even when I was a youth leader, I began to share the stories with the young people. Even my own kids would say, Dad, matter of fact, we did it last night. Um, we share, hey, Dad, remember this story? And I said, yeah, tell me the story, tell me the story. Those are the stories that God has given you. And you can share it with people. I don't know why, you know, um, I don't know why you're going through the situation you're going through, but God does. And he can take that situation if you'll just hang on to it. Don't get bitter with it. Don't get you know, angry and awful, but just hang on to it because I promise you the Lord's going to bring somebody in your path and you're going to say, hey, wait a minute. I remember that happened to me. And that is building that relationship as well. Amen? So that's the third one, share personal stories. Acts chapter 22 and 15. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast what? Seen and heard. God's given it to you. You just got to hang on to it, and then it's going to come to you. Amen? Amen? And the fourth one is you give a personal invitation. Oh, that is so simple. That is so simple. It's just a personal invitation. Now, the church, um, the church sends out cards. Um, Sister Simmons, our guest cards comes in. They take them, and Sister Simmons takes them, and she'll send a card for the church. But that's, that's, we're trying to be personal, yes. But if you know somebody, it's just a personal invitation. Come to church. That's all that is to it. I, I talked to a lady yesterday. Uh, we were talking, and we were talking about church. I told her, I said, you know, i got to speak. I don't know what I'm going to speak on. I'm still kind of going this way and this way. And I began to share with her the ideas and the thoughts and everything. She goes, that sounds like fun. Because I was talking about the worship and how crazy Brother Melix is and things like that. He's crazy. Um, and she goes, that sounds like fun. And I just looked at her, very easy. Well, why don't you come and experience it? And she goes, well, maybe I will. Very easy. Personal invitation. Personal invitation. Activities. Church activities. Hey, we're having All Nation Sunday. Why don't you come and be a part of it? Personal invitation. That's all it is. We had a situation a couple weeks ago. We're in uh, one in this area here over here where Brother Nathan, Pastor Nathan, um, he said, if anybody wants to be baptized. And one of the ladies leaned over and says, do y'all want to be baptized? And the lady says, yeah. So we baptized three that day. Personal invitation. Amen. God is good to us. And if we can take these four things. The first one is very important, is that personal. You have to take it to be that personal um, responsibility. you got to take it personal. Well, I'm just going to let the church do it. I'm just going to come and go do it. No, no, you're losing, you're losing the thought here. It's not the church's responsibility. It's ours. Amen? Amen. And then we got to remember that we got to develop those personal relationships. It's very important to develop those. It's just something, you know. It's just something good. And then share your personal stories. You always have personal stories. You know, they're crazy maybe, or they're deep maybe, or they're just out there in the left field somewhere, but it doesn't matter. If you want stories, take me to dinner. I'll give you all the stories you want. Because I got some, I guess Brother Paul Burns can back me up on this too, because he's got some too. But I can give you some gory ones too. 
But whatever it is to break the ice or just to, you know, it's that personal story. That's all it takes. Amen. And God will do it. And then we give a personal invitation. Amen. And we don't want to push them. We really don't. You know how that works. You know, you got to come to God. You got to come to church. You're going to burn. You know what I'm saying? We don't push people. Matter of fact, you might get hit <laughs> nowadays. But it's just to love people. I mean, it's just, it's just a cool thing. You just love people. Um, and that's why I love coming to church. I mean, I get my, I tell you all this before, but I get my energy from this. I draw my energy from this. I've told this story before, uh, and, and I'm going to say it again. A long time ago, can you believe it's been over 21 years ago? A long time ago, um, I received an award. I, I saved a man's life. I, I didn't really save the life. God just gave me the wisdom in that part. And the police department rewarded me. So they had this big banquet. And they had this big ceremony. And see, my father passed away back in 1976, and I was at the age of 18. So I haven't had a father for a long time. And um, so here was this ceremony. I mean, it was in a big auditorium. Uh, they had all the captains and the sergeants and the majors. They had the mayor. They had the, the council. They had the county commission there. They had all these high-ranking people there, you know. And... Um, so when they began to give out the awards, and I stood up, and I came up to the platform. Do you remember? I stood up to the pl platform, and when I took my reward, a reward, I'm sorry, I turned to the crowd, and in the far back of the crowd, I didn't see anybody else, was Bishop Elm standing back there. Amen. And he did this right here. He, he took time out to come out to that ceremony and just to stand there to give me thumbs up. And that meant more than anything to me that night. It was just awesome. That's building a personal relationship. Amen? And that's what we have to do. So we see in our story today where we were in the world, lost. God brought us out. And we see where we are right now in truth, filled with the Holy Ghost, walking into God, desiring to please the Lord. Amen? Amen. So where can we be over here? And that's to be productive Christians, to take this and to grow and to be strong in Christ. Amen? Amen. Like I said earlier, we don't do this. We don't do this for ourselves. Because the Bible says if you do it for your own glory, that's your glory right there. But we do it because why? God so loved the world. Amen. And if we're called Christians, we're called saints of God, then we need to love the world. Amen. They're hurting out there. Amen. Um, let's all stand. I'm going to close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 22. To the weak became I weak as weak, that I might gain the weak. Yes. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Yeah. Yeah, We've got we to reach out. We've got to be that productive Christian. Yeah. Amen. It's, this is the time and the season. Yeah. I mean, the world is prepped. I, I read in the paper today, I just kind of... That in South Carolina, the University of South Carolina, they are now injecting 
um, a chip into the hands of the students. It's in the paper. You can go read it in the Observer today. That all they have to do now is walk by and just scan to get in books, to get in buildings, to open doors, um, whatever it takes. And they asked, they asked some of the students, how, how did it feel? And they said, it didn't, it didn't hurt at all. It's like giving blood. We're moving in that direction. And we're living in the best of times. I know it's hard on us sometimes, and it feels like it sometimes. And we're struggling. We're going to have persecution. We're going to have struggles. We know that. The Bible lets us know that. But we have a God that is a victorious God, victorious God. Amen? We can lean on Him and trust Him for all things. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word tonight. Father, You are the great I Am. You love the world so, God. Lord, you, drew, you, you pulled us out of the world and You filled us with Your Spirit. Help us to go and to be productive Christians. That we can bless the kingdom of God and give praise to your name. To glorify your holy name. That God, that we can hear those precious words. Well done, thy good and faithful servants. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters tonight. That you will bless them and you will keep them. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four stars. By doing so, you will help others find it and also bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times and church ministries, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.